0: Sound effects are to get your attention. Good evening. evening. Welcome to the opening of the opening convention at Nazarene Bible College for year 2005. I'm glad you're here. Are you glad you're here? Uh, I've asked Dr. Sanders to introduce the speaker of the week to you, and then we will sing. Dr. Stephen Manley as our opening convention speaker and as our evangelist for the week. Uh, Dr. Manley's been a longtime friend of mine. Uh, And just a side note, uh, you know, this is my last year, and I've just sort of said, I'm going to choose my people I'd like to have this last year. And so one of the first choices I made was that I wanted Dr. Manley to be here. First of all, because he is an, uh, a lifetime itinerant evangelist. He has given his life to evangelism. He is, in the Church of Nazarene, what we call a tenured evangelist, which is the highest recognition for our evangelist. Uh, he has been on campground in my district before I became president here many times. He is the finest exposition preacher that, uh, that you will hear, and so you need a good expositional model. Here is one who does that. He's a person that I know who lives in the word of God and uh, who, uh, who lives uh, what he preaches. And uh, he has a ministry that uh, that has an interest in others. So uh, throughout the summer, he always has some itinerant, I mean, or some uh, uh, evangelists that are future evangelists that he can't carries along. What was the word I used in- Interns. say? Interns. He, he chooses several interns who travels with him every summer and uh, that is a, gives him a chance to reproduce himself. You might want to be one of those someday. Uh, I, I just uh, have a great love for Steve, and uh, especially his emphasis on Christian holiness and uh, living the holy life. And I appreciate the fact that he set aside this time to be with us this week. For You may not know this, but for 10 years, uh, he came every year to Nazarene Bible College as a professor for one semester. And he funded that through his association and other gifts that came in. Uh, But uh, he not only is interested in what happens here, he he has interest in Africa and other places, so uh, you can only fund so much. But I'm just so pleased to have you here, Dr. Manley. I'm pleased to introduce to you these wonderful men and women that have sensed the call of God upon their life. And I know that uh, they will bless you as they do me, and you will bless them. Thanks for coming.
1: you are. Thank you for the opportunity of being here together for these next few days and focusing on you and listening to your voice anew and afresh. What do you want to say to me? What do you want to do in me? You've affected my life through this group of people, through the years in this place. What are you going to do this time? We're open to you, Jesus. Thank you for this opportunity as we get into your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. may be seated. Well, it's a thrill to be with you. I want you to turn to Acts chapter 1. Uh, And actually, we're going to look at verse 15 down through verse uh, 26 of Acts chapter 1. And we're going to actually look at this uh, in this passage for the next three nights. Uh, So if you want to read ahead and... uh, up with some good things give them to me and I'll preach them across the countryside people will think I'm great <laughs> so that'll be wonderful so you can do a study on your own if you want uh, but we're looking at Acts chapter 1 verse 15 down through verse 26 gonna do some things tonight we won't do in any of the other, any of the other nights and one is we're going to read the entirety of this so you get a feel for it so you uh, get the story form and what's actually taking place so we're going to begin our reading at verse 15 And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. Altogether, the number of names was about 120, and he said, Men and brethren, this scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David, concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus, for he was Numbered with us and obtained a part in this ministry now this man purchased a field with the wages of iniquity and Falling headlong he burst open in the middle and all of his entrails gushed out And it became known to all of those dwelling in Jerusalem so that that field is called the field of blood For it is written in the book of Psalms Let his dwelling place be desolate and let no one live in it and Let another take his office Therefore, of these men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John to that day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. And they proposed two. A Joseph called us who was surnamed Justice and Matthias, and they prayed and said, You, O Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which of these two you have chosen to take part in this ministry and apostleship from which judas by transgression fell that he might go to his own place and they cast their lots and the lot fell on matthias and he was numbered with the 11 apostles Uh, i've spent several years uh, actually studying chapter one of this of this book and uh i normally have no problem at all with the content I figure, hey, it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, I have no problem believing that, and that God selected and put in here what he wanted. So I accept it and I look at it and say, hey, there's something really valuable for me in this passage. And so I had no problem with chapter one and all that he did in chapter one until I came to this verse 15 down through verse 26. I really had to struggle with it. I looked at this thing and I said, I see no value in this at all. I, have, I, can't, I can't even come up with an idea of why he'd even put this in here. Do you know what this is? This is the first recorded business meeting of the early church. And these are the board minutes. Now, come on, I mean, have you ever looked at your church board minutes and said, sacred word of God? (laughs) No, but that's what's here. Again, first recorded business meeting, and these are the board minutes. So I looked at this and I said, hey, I'm I'm not sure there's going to be anything. I probably should just slip right by this and move on to the exciting things in chapter 2 that really mean something and are powerful for my life. Uh, Besides that, I got into some commentaries and I began to discover that a lot of guys think... uh, That there's a real problem with this passage due to the fact that God already had an apostle chosen to take the place of Judas. Judas is dead and gone, and hey, it's already taken care of, but here goes these disciples, typical. Hey, they rush ahead of God, and then cast lots besides. Oh my, get real. I mean, the Holy Spirit is going to come, and why don't you just ask him? And so they messed the whole thing up, and they took this guy, Matthias, and plugged him in the hole when God already had it picked out, and that was the apostle Paul. Might try to help you with that, I don't know. But you'll note in verse 14 that they've really saturated this thing with prayer. So prayer has been involved in this. So it isn't like they haven't already asked. And you might look down in verse 24, which is the heart of the thing, and you'll notice that they prayed there as they began to search for the will of God. So saturating this whole thing in prayer. And obviously Peter has been saturating in the Scriptures, which brought this whole idea around in the first place because through prayer and the saturation of the Scriptures, they're beginning to feel like there's some things that need to come together before God can pour His Spirit out upon uh, His people and so this seems to be a loose end that needs to be tied up and when you get into it you begin to realize that they came up with qualifications and verse 21 and 22 are the qualifications that the guy has to meet up to if he's going to fulfill and the role of judas as an apostle and you'll note that the qualifications are that he has to have been with us all the time that the lord jesus went in and out among us And you say, well, what's that? Then he describes it down to a detail in verse 22 as he talks about beginning at the baptism of John. So when Jesus was baptized by John all the way through to his ascension, the guy has to have been there all that time. Now, if that's really the qualifications, any way you slice it, Paul didn't qualify. Nice guy, but he didn't qualify. So, hey, maybe they're not too far off after all there was this little problem also I ran into with the passage and that was the idea of the 11 verses 12 there were 12 apostles now there's 11 like I care I mean what big what's the big deal about that I mean you know my idea is the smaller the board the better so some of the rest of you die and let's really get it down you know Uh, so why fill that shoe after all I mean But it's interesting that as you get into the scriptures again, and you already know all this, but as you get into the scriptures again, you discover that the the idea of 12 was not our choice. That's startling, isn't it? There was something that actually wasn't our choice. You know, God came up with that. Twelve tribes of Israel. Wasn't our idea. Twelve apostles. Jesus went and prayed all night. Came back the next morning. Chose twelve. Hey, dictated by God. This was his deal, not our deal. And you remember, rich young ruler scene, he runs off, sorrowful, because he had great wealth. And Peter runs up and says, Well, what are we going to get? What are we going to get? We followed you and left all. And Jesus turns and says, You twelve will rule over the 12 tribes of Israel in the coming kingdom. That was a promise. There's only 11. Got a problem. So see, maybe they're not so far off after all. Now I know that since you're students, you're really into outlines. So this is another thing we're going to do tonight that I'm not going to do any other night. I want to give you an outline of the passage. Because I work off of outlines. So I want to give you an outline of the passage. Verse 15 is the setting. It's really important. Verse 15 is the setting, it's the context, it's the atmosphere in which this whole thing is taking place, it's really important. Verse 15, setting. Now, verse 16 and 17, Peter is introducing the meeting, and he tells the story. So verse 16 and 17 is the story. It's the story about Judas. Not much detail, but he gives us the story. Now, verse 18 and 19 is an insert section, and we're calling it the sadness because it's inserting the information about the end result uh, of the tragedy that happened to Judas because of his sin. Now, verse 20 is the scripture. You'll note in verse 16, uh, Peter stands up and says, men and brethren, this scripture. Now he's going to quote the scripture in verse 20, two psalms. So verse 20 is the scripture. Oh, verse 21 and 22, already related it to you. Uh, That's the, the standard. Here's the qualification that the guy has to meet up to if he's going to qualify. When they searched through their group, they only found two guys, Joseph and Matthias, who even came close to qualifying. Now, verse 23, 24, and 25, strategy. Hey, here's how we're going to go about finding which one God has already chosen. And note, right in the middle of it is the prayer thing. Then verse 26, solution. Hey, uh, they cast lots and Matthias is chosen. Outline. Let's go back to verse 15. I want to talk to you about verse 15 tonight. The setting. And in those days... Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. Altogether, the number of names was about 120 and said, start with this, sequence, and in those days. Obviously, this business meeting happened and in those days. Well, what days? Now, you have to understand my framework. Uh, I was born and raised in the church, by the way, and I developed a lot of my theology from flannel graphs. This was before we had electricity and we cut up old shirts. And, you know, some of it was out of size and out of shape. And my theology, you know, okay, flannel graph. This was before your time, I know. But flannel graph, flannel graph. Oh, two of you remember it. Okay. Uh, So flannel graph theology is really interesting. See, what I was taught was that, of course, uh, Jesus was crucified on the day of the Feast of the Passover. Hey, that's standard. We all know that. So there he is crucified. We call it Good Friday. And then we know that the uh, Spirit of God was outpoured on the day of the Feast of Pentecost. There that is. And we know that between those two uh, occasions, there was 50 days. Now, here's what I learned from Flannelgraph. The disciples scared to death. Told to wait in Jerusalem. Oh, brother, I hate Jerusalem. Crawled down the back streets of Jerusalem. Called up the back stairs of the upper room. Hid in the upper room for 50 days. No showers, 120 of them. Woo behind locked doors every time the stairway creaked, oh they're coming to get us soldiers outside oh why are they here see they're scared to death for uh, for 50 solid days they're trembling all over finally at the end of the 50 days hey god hit that place whoa with the fullness of the holy spirit they burst out of the upper room door saying whoa glory to god and revival happened all over Jerusalem. <laughs> flannel graph I made the mistake of reading the Bible. (laughs) Really messes you up, you know. (laughs) Really does. What I found out was, of course, that yes, Jesus was crucified on the Good Friday, the day of the Feast of the Passover. Yes. And, oh yes, outpouring of the Spirit, Pentecost. And 50 days, that's true. But three of those days were taken up in the burial resurrection. So that's three from 50, which leaves... Knew you were college students. 47. And according to chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, and especially verse 3, there was a 40 day resurrection appearance. In fact, that's really strong in the passage and the setting. In fact, you can't possibly understand what's going on unless you get a hold of this. In fact, verse 3 is the key, the lens through which you have to see all of chapter 1 and, move, and moves you into Pentecost. I mean, the explanation for everything that's going down in the rest of this chapter is verse 3 in this 40-day resurrection appearance. 40 solid days. Now, 40 off of 47 leaves 7. Oh, they're not hiding in an upper room for 50 days. It's seven. Now some Bible scholars want to say 10. Not worth arguing about. So from 10, seven to 10 days, you've got this this week of time, this slot of time when they are in an upper room. But. Luke clears all that up as well, saying that they weren't really in in an upper room. Oh, they were. They probably slept there. They probably had their meals there. They probably did have prayer meetings up there. But Luke, at the end of his gospel, I mean, he really stresses this. He says that they spent most of their time down in the temple glorifying and praising God and having a high old time in the resurrection of Jesus, anticipating what was going to take place. Now, you you know about the temple down at Jerusalem. That's where the big boys are, the guys that write the fat books. You know, that's, kansas city i mean that's the place you understand that so hey this is the guys that crucified jesus they're in the temple hey the leaders of israel are there and they are they're not hiding they're not trembling they are in the faces of the leaders of israel saying aha we win you lose jesus raised from the dead look out something's going to happen anticipating the outpouring of the spirit of god Now, I really want you to feel this with me, if you're going to get into the setting, you got to in those days. You got You got to feel this. Probably they did hide in an upper room before the resurrection. That's very possible.
0: They had their head in their hands.
1: They're moaning and groaning. Hey, the whole thing is over. Dismay despair, you know the, all the feelings everything they had stu- They were staking their lives on was gone the hopes the dreams the plans Oh everything they had dreamed about man wiped out. They're in an upper room They'll never ever hype them again on the Messiah thing Hey, the Messiah thing is over if Jesus isn't the Messiah. Hey, there ain't isn't gonna be a Messiah. We're done Don't come in say found a new Messiah not interested. Hey, I've been there done that bought that t-shirt not going there again Hey, this is all over. This is at an end for them they're hiding. All of a sudden, whoa, right through the walls, resurrected Jesus shows up, physically raised from the dead. You've got to get this. Physically raised from the dead. Whoa, comes through the walls. Well, how do he do that? Hey, you've watched Star Trek. You can figure that out. So, whoa, there he is, standing right in their midst. It's phenomenal. Now, hey, put yourselves in their shoes and feel that thing. What would that do to you? I mean, suddenly everything is back. In fact, it's not just back, it's better than it was. See, everything they had dreamed before was back, plus. everything they'd hoped before, it's back, plus. Everything they thought about him before was back. plus. I mean, this has been kicked into a whole new level. This is an eternal level. We're on the other side of the grave on this one, man. They are seeing things through. Different kinds of eyes now—the eyes of the resurrection—and Jesus is talking to them about the kingdom of God that's going to be within you. And for forty solid days, get this—forty solid days. Hey, they ate with him. Forty solid days. They slept with him. Forty solid days. They interacted with him. Forty solid days. According to verse three, there was a teaching on the kingdom of God—a forty-day seminar, PowerPoint notebooks. Wow, forty solid days, man. Forty solid days. They got up in the middle of the night and pinched him to be sure he was still there. Forty solid days they whacked him on his back and whoa hand didn't go through whoo he had a digestive system they got up one morning and he had fish cooked on the fire man and hey they ate fish he ate fish and when he got done eating his fish took the big fish bone picked his teeth just like he always did it really is him this is not a clone of the Jesus who was this is not a figment of our imagination this is not whoa we all took a pill this is not we ate too much pizza and saw some things this is not well that's a cloud in the shape of Jesus knows this is hey 40 solid days in fact Luke calls this infallible proofs and he's a scientist and you don't fool this boy again he called this infallible proof did you know that the Greek word translated infallible proof only place it's used in the whole New Testament right here isn't that awesome It's like the Holy Spirit said, hey, Matthew, you can't have that word. Leave that thing alone, boy. Paul, don't you dare touch that word. I'm going to put that right here in the third verse of the book of Acts, and I'm going to say something so big and so phenomenal and so outstanding that when people read it, they're going to, infallible proofs. 40 solid days of interacting. 40 solid days. And these guys got locked in on Jesus. 40 solid days again, whacking him on the back, sharing with him. 40 solid days. Jesus got so big in their vision. Jesus got so large in their eyesight. Jesus got so humongous in their in their concept. Jesus just grew, man. They got a single eye. They got focused. They got locked in. They couldn't think about anything else. They couldn't go anyplace else. They didn't want to do anything else. They didn't want to talk about anything else. Their whole lives just got Absolutely captivated They were possessed They were mastered Absolutely locked in They were absolutely dominated By the resurrected Jesus And day after day after day Everything that was explaining to them Everything he was teaching them Just grew bigger and bigger And the whole eternal impact of the thing And the greatness of the Christ And they just got locked in And absolutely They couldn't think about anything else Didn't want to do anything else Their whole lives became He became the reference points Around which everything in their life Began to revolve Their whole destiny was wrapped up in this wow this resurrected Jesus whoa whoa is that you it was a Sunday morning we're in the service the music was really good music was really good I really loved the worship. And I was really trying to get into the worship. Music was good, wasn't the musical. I was really trying to get into the worship, but I just couldn't, I just, I don't know. I just couldn't, just wasn't coming together that morning. Sunday morning too, just, I just, I really tried, but I just, well, what the problem was, there was a chandelier they had in that sanctuary. Just kind of came down, you know, it was right there. And that wasn't bad, but there was this cobweb that was about that long just dangling from the chandelier, blowing in the breeze. It just, I couldn't, I wanted to, it just, it wiped me out. You know what I've just said to you? I've just told you that my focus on Jesus is so puny a cobweb can wipe me out. Hey, dangle a cobweb in my sight. Oh, I'm gone. But my concentration and my involvement and his domination in my life and how big he is and how strong he is in my living and how my eyesight is focused on him is. Hey, a cobweb, man. I'm gone. See, i just hung a sign around my neck and said, I ain't got it. I tattooed my forehead and said, I'm not in. Jesus is so puny in my life that, hey. What's your cobweb? <laughs> you know how? Hear stuff like, well, I'm not going down there to church anymore. I just can't. I can't. I don't enjoy the worship. They all, they all, the is, choruses, choruses, choruses. Well, I'm not going down there. All they sing is hymns, and I want the choruses. And they got drums down there, and they just so loud I can't. Well, down there they keep the air conditioning so blooming cold I freeze to death. Well, it's so hot down there. Well, the preach is too long down there. Well, the cobweb." Do you think it's possible to become so intimate with Jesus? Do you think it's possible? To get so into Jesus, do you think what wouldn't this be phenomenal? Do you think it's possible to know him so well? Do you think it's possible for Jesus to become so big in your life? Do you think it's possible to give your life so entirely to Christ? Do you think it's possible for Jesus to become so large in your eyesight? Do you think it's possible to seem like he really is and have such a revelation of his very being? Do you think it's possible to embrace him so tightly that man, cobweb or no cobweb, whoa? Hey, drums or no drums, wow. Hey, choruses or hymns or whoa who gives a rip But we don't sing anything. Hey, we're just whoa, whoa. Do you think it's possible to get so intimate with Jesus? Do you think it's possible to know him so well that circumstances of your life begin to shrink and what were major problems don't seem so big anymore because he's so, he's so great in your vision, he's so big in your, wouldn't it be interesting if that is the whole solution to every spiritual problem in my life, that if I could just get locked in on Jesus, if he could get that big in my life, would that be the answer to temptation? The temptation isn't about resisting and overcoming and 12 steps out of. The temptation is all about, whoa, if I could get so locked in him, my temptation shrink. Do you think it's possible to get so into Jesus? Do you think it's possible to know him so well? Do you think it's possible to embrace him so tightly, man, that, hey, well, they're talking about you down at the church. that possible see I'd be an awful counselor you'd bang on my door and say don't tell me your problem let me tell you the answer whoa 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 could it really be that simple could that be the whole deal it was for them you know Their whole life is altered. Everything that's going on in their living is altered. Everything about them is changed. All the little stuff that bothered them before doesn't bother them anymore. Something, someone has become so big in their vision. They've got so locked in. He has become so large. They have seen him like he really is. He has so nailed them down, man. They have become obsessed, possessed, mastered, dominated. They can't do anything else. They can't think anything else. Nothing seems to bring ripples to their pond anymore. Whoa. You do realize this is all over the scriptures? Oh, let me read read you one, you know these. Proverbs 8, 17. Those who seek me diligently will find me. Well, let me give you another. Jeremiah 29, 13. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Wouldn't it be interesting if our whole theology was wrapped up in, wow. Wouldn't it be interesting if all the answers to all the theological debates are, wow. Wouldn't it be interesting if the settling of all church fights are, Be interesting if all the fights you have with your wife could be solved in. Well, let me ask you again: Do you think it's possible? Do you think it's possible that you can get so intimate? Do you think it's possible for Jesus to become so big? Do you think it's possible for Jesus to reveal himself to? Do you think it's possible for you and him to get so tight, for him to squeeze you until he breaks your ribs? Do you think it's possible for you to know him so well, for him to become so real in there? life? Do you think it's possible that, whoa, that everything else shrinks and the reference point to your whole life and what upsets you before doesn't, doesn't even ruffle you anymore, and all the little winky dink things they don't, and you're just, whoa, whoa. is that possible? Is that possible? And if you say, well, it's probably possible, but not probable, how much possibility is there? 5%, 3%, what kind of possibility is there and i tell you tonight if there's a 5% possibility if there's a 3% possibility if there's a 2 if there's a 1 if there's a 0.5 i'm going after that i want that i want oh, i want to know him like that i got to have him like that Verse 15, and in those days, sequence, number two, society. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. Altogether, the number of names was about 120. Now, probably in your translation, as in mine, altogether, the number of names was about 120 is in parentheses. In other words, it's stuck in there. It's information for you. It isn't a part of the meeting, obviously. It's just, oh, you weren't there. This is written several years later. Hey, let me give you the insight into what was really going on. There's about 120 of them. And he, th- and he states it like this, did you notice? Altogether, the number of names was. Now, the interesting thing about that is that when you go to the original language of the scriptures, it's just an unusual combination of, of words. And what's so unusual about it is the order of things it's all it's all just the words that are it's just we straightened it out when we translated it we did a good job i don't know what was going on with luke at that day he may have been drinking coffee coffee will do that to you and he may have just reached for his cup of coffee forgot where he was wrote the words and they're all mixed up and they're all out of order so the whole thing is we'll straighten him out when we get to heaven of course you probably realize that about five years before jesus was born four or five years before jesus was born they took the old testament which was written in the hebrew language and they translated it into the into the modern greek language of that day which the new testament was written in we call it septuagint <laughs> gonna be a test after this get with it septuagint which is the greek translation of the old testament oh did you know if you go to the greek translation of the old testament That same mixed up phrase is in the Old Testament in one place. Luke didn't drink coffee. He didn't get mixed up. He copied it right out of the Old Testament. And you know where it's found? Numbers chapter 1 verse 2. Had your devotions there this morning, didn't you? Numbers chapter 1 verse 2. And you know what the book of Numbers is all about. It's the census taking, it's the introduction of the society of Israel. It's the whole deal of, hey, these are the charter members of the Israelites. And hey, it gives a whole list in it, and he's introducing that. It's the register of the entirety of the children of Israel. And he introduces it with this mixed up phrase. Isn't it interesting? When Luke came to introduce the charter members of the first church of the Nazarene, Jerusalem, he reached back, grabbed a hold of that same mixed-up phrase and put it right here, introducing this, like these guys are a society, they are a group, they are locked together, these are the charter members, here's the membership role. Now, you know good and well there were more Christians in Jerusalem, in Galilee, for sure, than that were, than 120. But they weren't in this meeting. I know. They weren't in this meeting. Well, why not? Well, there was little league and some other things going. And, hey, they didn't show up for this meeting. So, hey, it's okay. We're not knocking them. It's just the way it was. And you know that right in Jerusalem itself there were more than 120 believers. But they weren't in this meeting. Why not? Well, grocery shopping, and, hey, there's jobs, and, there's hey, there's other things. There's more life than just church so hey they weren't in the, we're not knocking them they just weren't in this 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 society weren't in this group well what, what why did this group come see this group this group this group was the 40-day thing this group had been there for 40 solid days this group had seen him for 40 this group had whacked him on this group had gotten up in the middle of the an night and pit this group this group had gotten so locked in this group had gotten so focused this group had become so enthralled with him this group right here man they would not miss it didn't matter hey nothing was going to take them their whole lives revolved around this thing their dreams their passion their burn everything about them was right here in this And they were a society. Did you know if you focus this group right here, the 120 on anything else, they split? Oh, yeah. Have a nominating committee and uh, nominate people for the officers of the church. Oh, Matthew 18, one. man, they stomp in red faced, arguing, saying, which one of us gets to be number one? I want to know when I get to hold the microphone, I paid the most money in the carpet fund and they bought that stinking red carpet. I wanted blue, get me my money back. Why aren't they that way now? Hey, take this group and focus them on anything but Jesus. They'll right down the middle, man. Focus this group on church growth, evangelism. We're going to win this whole community. They will split over methodology. Well, yeah. Oh, you remember? Remember? John leading their group came into the disciples said Jesus you just we well, won't believe this Jesus right outside here right outside here a street preacher street preacher wailing and moaning and spitting in your name man and he yeah, he's casting out demons in your name too we went right up to him and said do you have a license from the church of the Nazarene he said church of the what church of the Nazarene never heard of it well get off our corner and hey you can't and you can't cast out demons in his name put those demons back in those people you can't do that here and they split. See, you focus this group on anything else but Jesus, and they're well. Why are they a society here? What? How did hundred and twenty of them get over all of this and get? To, and how did they? Well, hey, forty solid days. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You think it's possible? To get so intimate with Jesus, do you think it's possible to know him so well? Do you think it's possible for him to become so large in your eyesight? Do you think it's possible for him to so captivate you? That all your little... Oh. Who cares if you have a tattoo? You say, you're right, preacher. You're exactly right. I haven't been as focused on Jesus as I ought to be. You're dead right. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna focus on Jesus. <laughs> no, you're not. No, i I see the light. I'm gonna focus on Jesus. No, you're not. You think you can sit here and say, I'm gonna focus on Jesus. You haven't got enough discipline to pull that off. You're gonna get up tomorrow and you're gonna have two flat tires. Whoop, there went you focus. Well, what do you want me to do? How did they get focused? Forty solid days. They had an encounter with an almighty Jesus raised from the dead that was so powerful and so overwhelming for 40 solid days that they couldn't get away from it. Now, don't spiritualize the 40 days. So of Tarsus riding down on the Damascus Road. Didn't take forty days. Blinding light he's on his face. He's focused. (laughs) So it's not about forty days, it's about the encounter. Could it be? Would you go after? Would you seek? Would you risk that kind of encounter?
0: Wherever it takes you,
1: whatever it does to you, Jesus. I need to repent. My focus on you, cobwebs wipe me out. Weather affects me. My attitude is determined by what somebody does or doesn't do to me. And instead of you being the reference point of my life, and the source of my attitude, and the burn of my life, and the focus of my being, and the determination of my heart. My circumstances dominate. I'm so sorry, Jesus. Could could you do something in my life? Could you, could you? What do you need to do to me, God? Break me! Smash me! Tear my life up! Hey, God, ruin my finances. Upset my home, God. Bother bother my structure. Get, get through to my career. Get what, hey, whatever you got to do, Jesus. Strip me down. Until I don't have anything but you. Until you're the focus. And your embrace... It's bigger than my theology and your embrace. It's bigger than my standards and your embrace. It's bigger than my traditions and your embrace, your embrace, your embrace. Intimacy. Heads are bowed. Holders open. You're not going to sit there in that seat tonight, are you? And act like you're as focused on him as you need to be. You're going to be so embarrassed about the distractions, your cobwebs, that you're going to get out of your seat, aren't you? You're going to kneel at this altar and say, Jesus, give me the equivalence of a 40 day deal. So confront me, so. Jesus, so. So grip me, Jesus, so. I'm so sorry, Jesus. Everything around me has dictated my life but you. Every, my attitudes, God, I just can't get over it. My attitudes are determined by stuff and circumstances. And I'm embarrassed. I should be so locked into you and so intimate with you that what does happen or what doesn't happen and how it works or how it doesn't work and what... Oh, God, could you do something to me and in me that would pull me to a whole new level, that would bring me into your throbbing heart, that would bring me into such intimacy with yourself. Jesus, whatever you need to add to me, Bring it, add it to me. Whatever you need to take from me, take it, God. But I'm telling you, God, I'm here. I'm talking about this boy. I'm here. Yeah, I'm standing on this platform, but really I'm on my knees saying to you, God, Jesus, reveal your face to me like that. Become bigger than the mode of baptism I argue about. Can't think and figure everything out theologically. Oh, God, be so big in my eyesight, Jesus, that it doesn't matter. Because you and I are really tight. In the name of Jesus, I renounce cobwebs and want to see you And you alone, and I know I can't get that done. You are going to have to do that in me, please, please.